The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone ready for a word from God this morning? Amen. It's a season of harvest. It's a season of harvest. And we've been exploring the subject of faith and how faith helps us to walk in the harvest, the bountiful harvest, the radical harvest that God is unleashing upon us. Glory to God. During the first service, one of the things that we established is that God wants us to live by believing and not by seeing. To live by believing and not by seeing. And to use our faith wherever we are. God has given to everyone, every single person, a measure of faith. And as you use that measure of faith and not allow it to lie idle, you will begin to receive the harvest. You will begin to see results. You will begin to, 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 to see greater manifestations of God in your life. Hallelujah. So it's, it's, it's the lifestyle of faith. It's living a lifestyle of faith. The everyday, you know, um, um, commitment to the walk of faith that ultimately gets us to the place where we get miraculous manifestations, as it were. So this morning, I'm just going to be looking at some of the basics of faith, some of the foundations of faith, some of the things that if we get a hold on, you know, then we can effectively live a lifestyle of faith. Hallelujah. So this morning I'm going to be focusing on three things, three primary things. The word of faith. The word of faith. The work of faith or the act of faith and the rest of faith. Hallelujah. So let's talk about the word of faith. Faith is birth is a product of the heart. But how do you get to know that someone has faith? It is expressed through words or it is expressed through actions. That's how you know that someone is walking in faith or someone is experiencing faith. So faith is a product of the heart and is also a function of the state of your heart. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we hear the word of God, the word of God deposits faith into our hearts. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now it's not just hearing the word of God once. It's hearing the word over and over and over and over. And if I can take it a step further, it's not just hearing the word that brings, you know, the depth of faith. You know, it speaks to meditating on the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Joshua 1.8 that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So ultimately, God's word wants to fill your heart. 
God's word wants to fill your heart. So the more we hear God's word, the more faith is stirred up in our heart. The more faith is deposited and generated in our heart. Glory to God. And when we take time to meditate on the word, to think about the word, to dwell upon the word, you begin to see new things in the word. You know, almost every time you can look at one verse of scripture, ten times, and each of those ten times, you will see something different. A couple of days ago, we were having family devotion in our house, and we were going to read, um, the scripture for the day was James chapter 1. And so my son said, uh-uh, but we've read James, 4, James 1 already now before. We've read James 1 several times. And I asked him, last week, you ate spaghetti, right? <laughs> This week, are you going to eat spaghetti? He said, yes. Next week, are you going to eat spaghetti? He said, yes. I said, that's what the word of God is. The word of God is spiritual food. Just like you eat natural food, the fact that you have eaten food before does not mean you will not eat that same food again. So the fact that you have eaten God's word before does not mean that you should continue to eat the food again in the future. It is something that we do on the go. Amen. So faith comes by a continuous hearing of God's word, a continuous meditating on God's word. Because the more we dwell on God's word, the more light comes. You know, the Bible says that God is a, is, um, is, is, the wisdom of God is many-sided. You know, so perhaps today is one aspect of God you see in the word. You open that same word several weeks down the line and then you see something completely different. God's word is new every day. You can experience the newness in God's word as you read the word. So the more we hear the word, the more we think about the word, the more we meditate upon the word, the more that faith just gets rooted and deposited in our heart. So you cannot be a person of faith without being a person of the word. You cannot be a person of faith without being a person of the word. And I'm not talking about a casual relationship with the word of God. No. It's not a casual relationship with the word of God. Glory to God. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So you must get to the point where you are literally eating the word. You know, think about how you eat rice and chicken. You chew that rice. You take a hold of that chicken and you dissect it left, right, and center. That's what you should be doing with the word of God. Chew that word of God. The Bible says that until it becomes the rejoicing of my heart. Until it becomes the rejoicing of my heart. Until it begins to become your, your stronghold and the source of your joy, irrespective of what happens or what your current experience is. So you can stay in the word such that you get so full of the word and it doesn't matter what is happening around you because that word of God has consumed your image. That word of God has consumed your thinking because you are full of the word of God. Glory to God. So if you are interested in getting the best of God, in laying hold on the fullness of God in this life, you must be ready to be a person of the word. Go full steam on the word of God. Hallelujah. We live by believing and not by seeing. So like I said in the first service, you know, you must get to the point where there is always a greater and a stronger image on your inside than what you can see around you. 
And when that image of your inside is stronger, then it naturally begins to superimpose on your circumstances and the situations. Because the Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Many of us, we just rub the surface of the word of God with our hands. We just rub the surface. But you don't allow that word to really enter into you. Jeremiah said, until you get to the point, you know, that word wants to become the rejoicing of your heart. Where you begin to rejoice in the word of God. You know, there might be no money in your pocket, but you have so saturated yourself with the word of God. Where supply is concerned, where money is concerned, that you know that there is no doubt that this word is my reality. This world has become my reality. Amen. You know, so that there's, 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 there's a general sense in which we can, you know, in which we ought to be hearing the word, listening to the word and stuff like that. But then there are some deliberate steps that we need to take, particularly when you have specific aspects of your life that you need to change. Many of us go out, maybe we're at work, we're in school, and then we hear music. We are not consciously going out to listen to that music, but the music filters into your ear. And then you go back home and then you find yourself repeating some of the lyrics of those songs. Amen. But it's not, what I'm talking about, it's not a casual hearing of the word. But it's a deliberate sitting down, getting into the scriptures, hearing what God has to say, and then you start to consciously feel your heart. Not waiting for just one word that might stray into your ear, you know, from the pastor or maybe from someone who is playing a, a teaching tape somewhere and, and, and all that. But there must be a deliberate attempt. And that's why, you know, we, we come to church once a week, Sunday morning, and we hear the word of God. But it's not enough. It is not enough. There must be your own intentional actions in ensuring that God's word is getting into you. If I want to fill a bucket, and I put the bucket, bucket under the tap, and maybe I just open the tap for two minutes, and that's all. The bucket will not be filled. The next week again, I bring the tap, open, bring the bucket, open the tap for two minutes. Subsequent week, how long is it going to take you to fill that bucket? But you can decide that, okay, I want to get this bucket filled. I'm just going to leave that bucket under the tap and just allow that water to run. And I leave it until it is full. When it's full, you will know. Because it will overflow. There is no doubt about it. Hallelujah. So when we have specific aspects of our lives that we want to see change... Now, it's possible that, you know, I mean, we all have different facets of our lives. And it's possible that, you know, we're, we're happy with what we're experiencing in some areas of our lives. But there might be certain areas of your life which um, you think you have a challenge, you want to see something better. What do you do? You go to the world, you know. I believe that for everything anybody is experiencing, you can find like 10 scriptures in the world. 10 scriptures that you can make your meditation day and night. So my question to you this morning is, do you have a word of faith? I know every one of us has things that we want to change in our lives, things that we want to do. 
We have dreams and we have visions that God has given unto us. Do you have a word? Do you have a scripture? Do you have your 10 scriptures that you are feeding on, that you are dwelling on, that you are ensuring that the word, the word of faith is filling your heart on a regular and a consistent basis? It's something that should be a deliberate action. Glory to God. Romans 10, verses 6 to 8. But the righteousness of God speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith is near you. The word of faith needs to be in your heart and in your mouth. So God's word needs to be in two places. First of all, in your mouth and then in your heart. Hallelujah. We confess God's word here every Sunday, you know, but it's not enough. It's not enough. We said that faith is a lifestyle. So the speaking of the word of God has to be done consistently. So one of the ways that you can fill your heart with God's word is by confessing the word of God. When you confess the word of God, you are filling your heart with the word of God. And so how many of us agree that Sunday morning is definitely not enough to fill our hearts with the word of God? It has to be an ongoing speaking, an ongoing speaking, an ongoing saying until the image you have on your inside completely reflects what God's word says about you. So putting your word in your mouth and just saying it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was what God did with Abraham. You know, God visited Abraham. Abraham was, didn't have a child, and God told him that he was going to make him the father of nations. And God had to change the, 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 the image that Abraham saw. You know, God took Abraham out and told him, you know, if you can count all the stars, if you can count all the scenes, the sand on the seashore, you know, that's what your descendants will look like. And eventually in Romans 4.20, the Bible says that Abraham got to the point where he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So he started from a particular situation, from a particular point, but he kept painting his mind. He kept developing that image that he was the father of many nations. That he kept building that image on his inside over and over again until he got to the point where there was no wavering in his heart. You know, when he, when he first went to God, he told God, God, what are you going to do for me seeing that I go childless? But eventually he got to the point where, you know, there wasn't any iota of doubt in his heart. That he was the father of many nations. That's why the fact that the child hadn't showed up. Glory to God. So there is a faith temperature, if I can say that, or a faith thermometer. And you know, you can tell for yourself, by yourself, when you are in faith or you are not in faith. When you are full of faith or you are not full of faith. You know, temptations will come, tests will come, trials will come. And what comes out of your heart or what, what, yeah, what comes out of your heart when you face those situations 
it just tells you the state of your faith or the state of your heart. And it's not a bad thing, you know. All you need to do is, you know, if you realize that, okay, I thought I was full of faith in this area, but I'm definitely not. What are the things that when you hear, they shake your heart? They shake your heart. They get you to become uncertain. It means that you still need to get full of God's word in that area. And you, ca- you cannot fake it. If it's there, it's there. If it's not there, it's not there. You can fake it to people around though, but you cannot deceive yourself. You can't deceive yourself. If there are areas of your life that, you know, you keep getting fearful, you know, you keep getting, you know, afraid and concerned, you know, worry, anxiety, then get into the word of God and settle it. Fill your heart with God's word and let God's word be that anchor to your soul. Let the word of God, you know, paint a strong image that nothing that might come around you will shake that image. Hallelujah. Crefredola told the story many years ago. How many of us know that Crefredola is definitely a man of faith? <laughs> you know, he said that um, he got a doctor's report that he had prostate cancer, you know. And at that point in, in, in his life, he just knew that um, he needed to do some extra work with the word of God. So he said he went to lock himself up for a number of days and just, you know, sat on the word and just meditated on the word and was listening to God's words on, on healing and was just taking his scriptures into himself. And the rest is history. The rest is history. So if you need to separate yourself, you know, if you need to separate yourself and just give 200% attention to the word of God for a season, please do it. Please do it. You need that image strong on your inside. That's the only way we are going to get results by faith. Consistent results by faith. And not faith accidents. Amen. The word of faith. All right. There is an act or there is a work of faith. There is an act or there is a work of faith. Faith is meant to be released to bring about a change in your life. So we said the word of, the word of faith is meant to fill your heart. So after the word of God, the, that word of faith fills your heart, it is then meant to be released into your circumstances and your situations to bring about a change. Now, there's a difference between speaking the word of God to get your heart filled and then speaking the word of God from a heart that is filled with faith. Anyhow, you've got to be speaking the word. And you will know when your heart is not full. So keep speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. And then when it gets to the point where your heart is full, you can release the word of God into your situations. And that's what the Bible says Jesus Christ was talking about in the book of Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Does not doubt in his heart. But believes that those things which he says will be done. He will have what he says. So you are speaking out the word of God from a position of a heart that is already full of the word. Full of faith. And that's the faith that moves mountains. That's the faith that brings about change. That's the faith that brings about the miraculous in our lives. Glory to God. So the, 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 the primary work of faith 
is speaking. The primary work of faith is speaking. Hallelujah. James 2.26. It says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without works is dead. So the first and the primary work of faith in our lives is for us to speak the word of faith from a heart that has been full of faith. Now, apart from that, there are other actions that we will need to take, you know, where our faith is concerned. There are specific instructions that God might give you from time to time. And sometimes they are just some natural common sense things that we need to do. If you are looking for admission into school, you can't sit down in your house and expect the admission letter to come to you. There are some certain practical things that you need to do. If you don't have the right qualifications or the right exams, you need to make plans, you know, to write those exams and use get your faith, you know, even to pass those exams. And then you begin to find an idea of what are the schools available, which are the school, which, what is the course I want to do, what is the program I want to do, and then begin to make some inquiries and begin to send applications, you know, to those schools. Amen. If you are, if you are, you are married and you are believing God for children, you must do the needful. <laughs> Husband and wife, you must meet. You must have intercourse. You know, the Bible even tells us about Abraham and Sarah. When Sarah first heard, you know, the promise that was being made to her husband, the Bible says that she laughed, you know, and she said, at my age, at my husband's age, am I going to have pleasure with my husband again? You know, but in reality, you know, if she and her husband did not have intercourse again, we would have been here looking for Isaac. <laughs> so, one way or the other, they had to go and reopen Zaoza room. <laughs> that had been closed. Amen. That was an act. I mean, she laughed because obviously it means that, you know, that was a thing of the past to her. So obviously, she had to find the, both of them had to find a way to go and reopen that room so that Isaac can manifest. Amen. So there are certain other things that God will ask us, actions that God will, will, will ask us to take. For, I mean, there might be specific actions, and some of them, like I said, they're just, you know, common sense things that we need to do to ensure that we give, we, I, mean, I mean, we back our faith with work. So there is a work of faith. Now, I want to, I want to say something here, you know. Faith does not deny the existence of negative circumstances. And your faith, faith is now. So faith is now, but it doesn't deny the existence of negative circumstances. But what you are doing is that you are superimposing God's word upon your, your circumstances and situations. There's no point saying, I mean, if you, if you, if you find yourself in a situation where you are meant to make a payment... There is no money in your bank account. And then you are saying, okay, I have money. I have money. You are just opening your mouth and saying, I have money, you know. And then you write a check. That check will be rubber. The check will bounce back. You know, I had, I, I, I've had, you know, people, people in church here make this kind of comment. I, we didn't see you. What happened to you last week Sunday? I was strong. That thing scratch, scratches my spirit, man. <laughs> because, I mean, if you were strong, for, for crying out loud, you should be in church. 
You can't, you can't use your faith for the past, for goodness sake. So you are not strong. Faith is for now, not for the past. I was strong. Hello? <laughs> oh my goodness. So faith is now. You can't do anything. You can't do anything about the past. Your past cannot change. So if you were weak, I mean, there's no point. Yes, I wasn't feeling too fine. You know, I had to take some time off. Yeah, and that's why I could not come last week. Today, I believe I'm strong. Today, I believe I'm healed. Today, I believe that Jesus Christ has taken away my sicknesses and diseases. And by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Faith is now. Now. Glory to God. And the problem with doing those, 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 making those sort of statements is that you're deceiving your heart. Because what you are communicating to someone, I mean, ultimately, everybody gets to understand that she did not come to church because she was sick. That's what you're communicating. But you're deceiving your heart. So your faith is now. It brings about results in your now. And it goes into your future to bring about a change in your future. Glory to God. So you're not necessarily denying what you're going through, but you are focusing on the word of God. You know, I, have, I had a friend who says that, who, you know, she, she went somewhere, she was, she, was, she was ill. You know, she had some, you know, serious symptoms on her body. And she was in the midst of people. You know, they were driving her from the airport. And, you know, she said that, and there have been several times in her life that she's had those kind of, um, you know, physical challenge. And when she's in that kind of position, she just said, she just says, don't ask me any question. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, I'm not in the mood. You know, I am fighting my faith, my, my, my fight. So let me fight my fight. You know, let me talk to my body. Let me talk to my mountain. Let me talk to my situation. I'm not ready to talk to anybody. And by the time she has finished fighting the, faith, the, the, the fight, you know, then, you know, she comes to give a testimony about what, you know, what has happened. But the bottom line is that, you know, you know you're speaking the word of God is to bring about a change in the now. Is to bring about a change in the future. Is to create the image of God within you. Is to speak to that mountain and to cause that mountain to be moved in your life. Glory to God. So faith is a fight, but it has got to get to the point where it becomes natural with you. It becomes a lifestyle with you. I'm taking God's word. I'm taking God's promises, and I'm pushing back whatever the devil might want to push over on me. I'm pushing back whatever is suboptimal compared to the word of God in my life. Hallelujah. Finally, there is a rest of faith. There is a rest of faith. Hebrews 4.3. Hebrews 4.3 says, For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. There is a rest. The Bible says that we can believe God and enter into a rest. They who have believed can enter into the rest. You know, many times, you know, we find people, you know, you say you're trusting God, you're believing God, but yet there's still a lot of running around, there's still a lot of worry, there's still a lot of anxiety in your heart. The Bible says that they that believe, you can enter into the rest of God. You know, we're extremely, extremely... Um, privilege under the new covenant because the new covenant is a covenant of grace it's a covenant of, of rest as it were under the old testament it was all about works it was all about works the bible tells us or we need to understand you know even the high priest that the high priest goes into the holy of holies just once in a year 
to make atonement for the sins of the people. And before he goes into the Holy of Holies, they will tie bells around his legs, you know, because there is, there is a standard, there is a procedure he must go through. And if he makes one mistake, he's gone. So they will tie bells around his, his leg and there will be a rope that leads to the outer court. So as he's doing his um, ceremonies within the Holy of Holies, they'll be hearing the bells moving around, moving around, moving around. And if they stop hearing the bell, it means that he has stopped moving and he's dead for one reason or the other. And then they'll use that rope to pull him out. So even in, I mean, in serving God, in, in, in relating with God, it was, it was all about works. You know, even in, within that, that, that um, construct, there was nothing about rest. It was all about works in God's presence. It was all about works in approaching God. And if you didn't meet his standard, that was the end of it. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ came. And let's see what the Bible says. Hebrews, Hebrews 12 to, okay, this is not the verse I wanted. Anyway, let, let, let's, let's read it. Hebrews 12 to says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus Christ was the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, you know, that came to take away the sins of the world, that came to fulfill the law, all the requirements of the law. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that after Jesus Christ died, that he sat down at the right hand of God. You know, there are several places where in the New Testament it is emphasized that Jesus Christ is seated. Under the old covenant, there was no place for sitting. There was no place for sitting because it was all about works. But after Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, the Bible says that he could then sit down at the right hand side of God. And you know the good news? We are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. We have been brought into a place of rest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If we go back to the book of Genesis also, when Adam was created, the Bible says that God created Adam on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, he rested. Adam started his life by resting. It was when he fell, when he, when he, when, when he sinned and fell and the curse came upon him, that was when he began to toil. But the first thing that he learned was the place of rest in God. And thank God we have been brought back to that place in Jesus Christ. That place of rest. That place of rest. That place of rest. So there is a work of faith, but the Bible says that one, when we believe, we can enter into the rest of God. Things might not have changed, but Jesus Christ is sitting. He is not moved. He is not shaking. Nothing moves him. And that's the attitude we should have. When he was faced with a storm, he was sleeping. He was sleeping because he was in his place of rest. It could not move him. Hallelujah. And that's the rest that the Bible says that there is a rest available for the people of God. No matter what the kind of storm you might be going through around you is, the Bible says that there is a place of rest. You can get into the word of God and allow that word of God to build an ark around you, to build an ark around your heart that keeps you from whatever storm the enemy might be firing to you from out there. There is a rest in God. So we are seated in Christ and we can do everything from the place of rest. 
Even a baby, when a baby is born, you know, the baby has to learn how to sit first before that baby stands and begins to walk and begins to run. As a child of God, learn to rest. Learn to rest. There is a rest in God. Glory to God. Let's rise up on our feet. Hallelujah. I don't know where you might be this morning, whether what you need right now is to get the word of faith, or what you need right now is to start out in the work or in the act of faith. Or maybe where you are right now is that I need the rest of faith. I have been unnecessarily worried and anxious, you know, even with the word of God, I need to rest. I need to rest. I need to rest. I need to stay in the word of God and stay in that place of rest. I wanted you to begin to talk to God this morning. This morning. Whether your need is to get the, begin to get the word of faith into you. Or you are the place where you begin to need to step out in faith. Maybe God has given you some instructions on the past. But you haven't really taken heed to those instructions. Or your position is that you have, you have released God's word, you have applied God's word, but then there is still that anxiety. You need rest. You need to enter into the rest of God where some of the issues in your life are concerned. I wanted to begin to talk to God this morning because God is releasing strength, because God is releasing help, because God is releasing grace. God is the one who has called you to a lifestyle of faith. And I tell you that His grace is available. We do everything we do within the, in the new covenant by the grace of God. The Bible says, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain, we might find, find, obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Whatever your needs might be right now, I tell you that there is grace available. There is grace available for you to walk the walk of faith, for you to walk for, for, for you to get the word of faith into you, get, to get full of the word of faith. There is grace available that you begin to walk the walk of faith. And there is grace available for you to begin to rest. Experience the rest of faith. God is releasing help right now. Come on, go ahead and talk to God wherever you are and just receive that help. Receive that help. Receive that grace receive that help God is causing a stirring like never before in the hearts of people because God's desire is that people will arise people will arise my sons and my daughters will arise oh like the song that HOP sang there is an open door God has set before you an open door and thankfully that is an open door that no man can shut no man can shut it's time for you to step into that open door it's time for you to step into that open door. Whatever has been holding you back, God is saying, I'm taken out of the way. I'm taken out of the way. Whatever your struggles are, whatever your doubts are, whatever your concerns are, God's grace is available. God's grace is available. 
The Bible says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And your hands to God. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for a release of grace. (laughs) Oh, grace that restores, grace that enables, grace that removes weaknesses, oh God. (laughs) Grace that empowers like never before. Thank you, God, because your desire is that your people arise and they take hold of all that you have made available. Because it will not just affect their lives, Lord. It will affect the lives of all those around them. Thank you, God Almighty, because every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl in this place, oh God, receives that stirring by your spirit, receives that hunger to begin to pursue your word, to fill their hearts with the word of God, to begin to act on the word of God like never before. No more will people be complacent. No more will they allow their faith to be idle. And thank you God Almighty because even as your people do that, thank you because there is a release of rest. (laughs) There is a release of rest like never before. And your people will never be put to shame. Your people will never be disappointed. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God thanks like never before. Thank you God Almighty. Thank you God Almighty, we give you glory and praise for your workings in the lives of your people. Every single person, oh God, is touched by your grace. We give you praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated as we prepare to. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.